She said, don't leave this up to me to say that I don't love you anyway. Just leave it up to me to say goodbye. Welcome to the Situation Report for November 27th, 2023. This is Lt. Col. Murray, and this was a shit show to set up tonight. What a nut roll. Been doing this uh, for an hour, creating three channels. So I'd create three live streams, and then the studio get con- confused and start throwing airs, and then Rumble will start throwing airs. So here we are. Hey, and that was uh, Say Goodbye by Theory of a Dead Man needed something to uh, validate all the feeds were working. And uh, that was a good respite for that. My apologies for not doing a sit rep last week. I was traveling all week and hanging out with my family and I gave the team a rest because they're all tired. So it was a good, a good break, but uh, you know, the world doesn't stop, especially when you're on the road. And I made the mistake of uh, driving to uh to seattle like a dumbass and uh that was quite interesting but here's an interesting thing 
the public consciousness has shifted over the past couple of months and it's been very 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 subtle but it really showed up in washington in a number of places and i was saying to a buddy of mine last night because <clears throat> he called me about this this new round that uh, hornady's making and of course he assumed i knew everything about it and uh, uh during the course of the conversation we uh we both realized that the public has shifted away from this support of wars and support of conflict and the entire population is is starting to push back and say we've had enough war and it's not just here it's across the planet and you're seeing we first saw the cultural narrative shift away from the elite and from the mainstream and at first they didn't recognize it and then they recognized it and it was full court press to try and regain the public trust and i'm still convinced that that twitter is a part of that effort to try and regain the public trust bring people back reshape the narratives but because of alternative media they haven't been able to solidify narratives and people don't realize how much of a shift has happened especially when you start looking at the effect that alex jones had on the covid narrative in october when he released that information early october that blew up their entire operation from start to finish they were pushing the airlines to do mask mandates they were pushing the faa to do mask mandates they were going to usher in idless and facial recognition in all the airports they were going to usher in these locking doors and no fly lists and traveler bans. They had a whole list of things that they were going to implement. And because of Alex Jones, the public backlash was so strong that they had to abandon and scrap that plan. And then the UN, or the, sorry, the World Health Organization agreement that was signed by 100, supposedly 176 countries, that's already starting to get backlash as well. And it's because the public backlash against all these politicians has been so strong that they've had to abandon a lot of their plans. But the machine goes on anyway, despite your best efforts, despite all of the all of the uh, the noise around it, the machine's going to continue. And as as much as they want to continue, the best thing that's happening on an ongoing basis is disruption and outing their plans before they can implement them. That's a that's a huge win for society in general because it means that more and more people are starting to wake up to what's going on around them. and here's a here's a litany test by the way i think if you've ever seen the movie pleasant uh pleasantville with toby mcguire and uh and reese witherspoon there's a part in the movie where they're in a bowling alley and the rest of the public is turning color and they're still black and white <laughs> and the mayor says we're safe we're in a bowling alley I think Home Depot's replaced the bowling alleys. And that's where people go and, and talk business around society. Because it seems like every time I go to Washington and I'm in a Home Depot, somebody's talking about something and they and, and there's some kind of an altercation. And this time I wasn't involved in it. But the interesting part of the conversation that I wasn't even really listening to was a liberal behind me started started talking really loud to the, the people behind him. 
And he said, no one's going to disarm me. I'm a liberal and I'm armed and no one is going to disarm me. No one's taking away my Second Amendment. I'm not going to comply with any of these these um, semi-automatic rifle bans or any of this pinning magazine. I'm not doing any of that. In fact, none of my friends are doing any of that either. And as far as I'm concerned, the crime in Seattle, I live on Capitol Hill, and the crime on Capitol Hill is beyond what it was during Chaz. And I was in the midst of Chaz, and people would try and shake me down every day. And I'm not doing that again. I don't care what the state says or the bureaucrats in Olympia. And that tells me right there that a bulk of the population has figured out that they're being lied to. Not everybody. Don't get your hopes up. There's still a lot of people that are blissfully unaware. And there's a lot of people that don't know what Telegram is. They don't know what Rumble is. They've never heard of BitChute. There's a wide swath of the audience that doesn't know what any of those are. And uh, Tiff, there was there was all kinds of errors until about 15 minutes, uh, until about five minutes ago. So Rumble created three live feeds. And then my... Uh, when I turned on the live feed, it started throwing airs on Rumble and started throwing airs on my end too. So um, it should be sorted by now. Uh, that, but that doesn't preclude that there'll be connection issues for some of you because I know some of you have to log in and log off, and it's a big nut roll every single time we do these. This this live feed um, mechanism that Rumble uses is a kludgy mess. It, it has been since the start. That's why I've was started out only doing one live feed a week because it's such such a pain in the ass to set up. So that that was the issue. And every time I would try and set up or instantiate a new live feed and delete the other ones, it would create three more. I think I had like nine on the screen at one time. I was like, whatever. So we're here now. But um, <clears throat> the interesting thing that I've that I was um, observing in Washington is the, the the social consciousness changing up there too and it's funny how you see people that are not aware but they're fed up with the narratives because one of the other uh, there are several instances and, and there's one key moment and i and i was telling a friend of mine uh, about this today i was in a, a restaurant and this guy came in wearing this shirt that was basically the palestinian flag and there was uh, an Israeli guy, uh, a, a Jewish guy behind him with the little beanie on his head. And they were getting into it. And this guy came, uh, got out of his chair, walked over to him and stopped the whole restaurant. And you, he wasn't talking loud, but you could hear what he was saying. And essentially he said, this isn't the time or place for this. We're all in this together. All of us are fatigued by war. All of us are tired of seeing the death and carnage. But the political statements, this is not a fight between the Jews and the Palestinians. This is a fight between Hamas and the Jewish government. And no one buys the narratives from either side. And he didn't say narratives. What he said is nobody buys the story that either side is selling. And stopped the restaurant and it was it was amazing that he was able to not only diffuse the situation but he was able to um 
bring those guys, those two guys together. And when he was done talking, the entire restaurant erupted in clap in uh, clapping. Everybody, everybody was clapping, and that told me that told me unequivocally that the public consciousness is, sh- is shifting away from the mainstream narratives. And the other thing that I saw over the weekend and, and into last week, which I thought I think is very interesting. Earlier in the year, I said that we would see disclosures of public figures over the next six to eight months. And they started with the Biden family back in March and April. It continued through August. And then there was a a lull in the disclosure. And all of a sudden, we're back to the Epstein files. We're back to the Epstein conversation. And more importantly, I'm seeing more and more information about Bill Gates and the Epstein visits. So I guess 37 visits he made to Epstein's Island on Epstein's plane. And that's starting to work its way back to the surface. But that's not the interesting part. The interesting part is that Sean Ryan did a, an episode with Victor Marks. It's episode 83. You should go watch it on YouTube. Not that I'm a fan of YouTube, but but Sean Ryan interviews a guy that's he's a survivor of, of human trafficking and sex trafficking as a kid, and he's helping kids now. And I can tell you that beyond a shadow of a doubt, it explains all of the different facets that I've discussed in, in a different way that I think will resonate with people. Because when I talk about red rooms and I talk about what they're doing to children, it's from the perspective of actually kicking a door and walking in and seeing the body parts. That's a different, that's a different viewpoint than I've actually living it. This guy's lived it. And that narrative, that discussion, that topic is now starting to get to the mainstream. And as the public consciousness raises around that, they're not going to be able to obfuscate it anymore. And why it's significant is because the control measures that they've used forever and ever to keep people silent are starting to erode around their feet and they're not able to control it anymore. And that's the tell that the the elite are losing control at the national level. And that's a very, very big tell because Epstein was one island. He was one operation in a grander, bigger scope of operations that are going on across the planet. And in 2008, I was pulled aside, pulled into a skiff by a general officer, and and I was told, I need you to go do a staff study. I need you to do it under the guise that you're you're going to visit all these secure locations to see if there's there's a way we can incorporate um, reservists into into the overall intelligence picture for um, collection on on terrorist groups that are operating in the U.S. and and enemy enemy forces that are moving in the U.S. I was like, okay, and then he gave me all the information for travel orders, et cetera. He gave me people on his staff that that were going to work directly with me. He said, I want you completely under the radar. And so I set off for the better part of three months and I worked with law enforcement. I worked with intelligence. I worked with um, the ATF. I worked with the uh, DEA. I worked with local law enforcement. I, I went and interviewed a number of different uh, NGOs 
that were working on human trafficking. And what I learned in just 30 days was startling. But it was even worse when I visited um, a child trafficking task force in a specific city that was in a um, on a coast. I won't say which city. But even people on the task force were compromised. And I got pulled aside after interviewing this, the, a couple of um, police officers. And one of them said, don't interview that guy. And I'm like, why not? Because that guy's compromised and he's he's working on the behest of somebody in the city or the state that's worried about what this, this um, task force is going to uncover related to pedophilia. So don't talk to him. And I was stunned. They knew who the guy was. They knew what he was doing and they were obfuscating data to him. And that is, it was, it was startling to hear that. But what I came out of there with and what I presented to the, um, to the general was this affects every single layer of our society. I'll, I'll get to Musk in a second. Don't worry about it, Paul. That's, that's a whole different story. But this affects every single aspect and level of our society. Police chiefs, educators, mayors, state-level employees, state-level leadership, governors, assistant governors, lieutenant governors, secretaries of state, attorney generals, everybody is compromised. Almost down to the janitor at the city level is compromised. And his question was where to start. And I looked at him and said, you got to burn the whole fucking thing to the ground because you have to burn it to the ground and then you have to poly and vet everybody and find out who they are and then get rid of them. Because this has been going on for so long that every country, every city, every community is affected by this across the planet. And that hasn't changed. So as this bubbles up to the surface, as this gets more traction, Pizzagate will come back along with the Prince Andrew stuff, and they will have to they will have to face it. But I'm looking forward to more public consciousness around it. It's the, the sound of freedom did not do nearly enough to wake people up because there's a lot of people that don't even know what that is. And but the consciousness around the pedophilia and the child exploitation is growing. And that's a good that's good news. Um, Let's talk about Musk. So Musk in Egypt, I tell you exactly what that is. That is the Israelis and the elites in Washington, D.C. have figured out that they have completely lost the information war since October 10th. And they are desperately trying to regain the initiative and rebuild public trust so that they can play Israel off as the victim of this heinous crime this 9-11 style attack, which is garbage. And everybody knows it's garbage. And more importantly, the reason why they're bringing Musk in is because they want to be able to reestablish credibility in social media as well at the same time. And everybody, trust me, I was reading the comments on Twitter today and the comments were scathing. Essentially, why are you there? 
you're you're not even looking at the Palestinian issue. And just because the Israelis tell you that they're doing everything they can to eliminate collateral damage doesn't mean they're actually trying to eliminate and minimize collateral damage or civilian deaths. That's a lie. And that was like every other post. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. So he didn't get the feedback he wanted, and they didn't get the feedback. And again, it goes back to the public consciousness shifting away from their narratives. And it's shifting away because people are, they're not going to fight a war for them. Look at what happened when it was dropped. And I think the draft conversation that was dropped in early October, I think that was entirely dropped by Nikki Haley and a few others just to beta test what the public would swallow. And when they realize that the public's not only not going to sign up for it, but they're not going to fight, they had to retract and pull away from it. And I think that's what Nikki Haley's job is anyway, say the most outlandish things and see what sticks with the public and then make her the front runner. They're already trying to tell tell the world that she's she's rising in the polls, which is a bunch of nonsense because she's a neocon nitwit. But that aside, the public is is waking up to the the lies, the deception, the continued deceit, and the fraud. And you know, when you see over and over and over again that there's no accountability for anybody at the elite level, it gets old really, really quick. And more importantly, they, it gets old when you start to see and perpetuate the lies. Because you see the lies, the lack of accountability, and you're like, why am I even participating in this system? So, well, I can tell you why they didn't talk about the tunnels. Because half of the tunnel narrative and the propaganda is nonsense. So they can justify blowing up all of these, these buildings. Have you, have you not figured out the whole agenda here is to level Gaza? They want to relocate every single one of those people to the Sinai Desert. That's that's the game plan. I don't know how they're going to do that now with half of the uh, Egyptian military sitting on the southern end of Gaza, but they that's that's their agenda, and or they're going to herd them into this very small corridor. Either way, how do you justify ten thousand deaths? You can't justify that, and they're trying that see. There's a there's a book called Only the Paranoid Survive, and it's it's a really good read if you haven't read it, because what it talks about, it was written by a former Intel um, executive. And the premise of the book is that. um, And again, the case study is Intel. Intel was in the memory business when they started business and when they. About early 1985, 1986, it was written actually by uh, Andrew Grove. And he was the founder and CEO of Intel. And his, his, his premise is about strategic inflection points. And Google, or sorry, Intel reached a strategic inflection point where they were building memory chips and they were losing out to Japan. And they realized that they needed to move to something else. And so they went through this internal struggle and moved to microprocessors because they were already building components for computers and and personal computers, but they were losing in the memory space and they knew it was just a matter of time before the market shifted. And his premise 
is that the senior leadership, the executive team, always has the hardest time pivoting and moving and recognizing that the market's changing. And it's because they're at the strategic level, whereas the middle management sales level sees the market pivoting long before any of the uh, executives do. And that if a, if a company's gonna survive a strategic inflection point or a culmination point, as I call it, then it has to be able to adapt and pivot and move quickly and make decisions. And in this case, Intel recognized that they had a problem and then shifted. And they were successful, but others like Compact and a few others were not. And if you've been around as long as I have, you know what Compact, a digital computer, and a few others, <coughs> what they were back in the 80s when the 3D6 and 4D6 computers came out. And we're seeing the same thing happening right now with the elite. The middle managers have figured out that the market and the, the public is moving away from their narratives. But the, the elite at the top are still trying to control the situation and still trying to navigate the ship to the outcome that they want. And they can't do it. And they can't do it because they can't see and they don't have a vision for the other side. What does this look like on the other side? So you're seeing these marriages of convenience. And I talked about this last year. All of these elite, this is when you when you look at the elite, you can't look at it as one class of people. There's strata in every single city, in every single country across this planet. And there was a discussion around Trump interacting with at Jeffrey Epstein and that crowd while he was in New York. Well, if you're in New York trying to do real estate, you interact with the mob, you interact with the city, you interact with the criminal elements within the city, and then you interact with the strata that is the elite in New York City. And there's different levels of elite. And to interact with all of those different levels, you have to gratiate people's egos, you have to ingratiate their, their family name. And there's this whole litany of unspoken um, idioms and neology that you have to, you literally have to pay attention to and abide by in order to move up the strata to get things done in a city like New York. And that's every city across the planet. And the same thing's true in Asia, the same thing's true in Europe. And these loose marriages of convenience that were formed prior to 2020 to get rid of Trump and to move the country towards this great reset, those are all starting to fall apart and fray right now. And you're seeing that strata fighting amongst itself because there's people in the strata that have figured out they're not going to get a seat at the table. So you're seeing the strap hangers below them, all the useful idiots below them, and the, the, the doer class below the elite starting to abandon ship. Again, middle management sees the shift before the elite and before the CEO. So you're seeing that happen real time with the elite right now. And that's part of why they're putting Musk on the ground. They're pulling out all the stops to put in the people they think still have credibility in the system. And it's because they're so far out of touch. And it's a very... Um, insidious group of people to begin with, but imagine that you feel like you're losing control. You feel like you're not going to achieve your aims. What do you do? You double down. And we're seeing that across the spectrum right now.
and we're seeing a number of things reach at a culmination point. One of those is the economy. The economy, they're pumping trillions of dollars every single night into the repo market. I've I read today that Wells Fargo, Bank of America, National, uh, National Bank, they're all going to shut down branches within the next two weeks. What does that tell you? That, you know, it's set, they're setting up for some kind of a major, major collapse by Christmas or shortly thereafter, by the end of the year. That's that's where all this is going. I don't think it'll happen that fast, but that's if you look at the optics, that's what it looks like. And once that happens, then you're going to have a lot of people across the country don't have access to their money. Then you're going to have all of these people that literally are being paid by the federal government on these these debit cards. When those stop getting paid and all these illegals run out of money, that's going to be a ticking time bomb too. So you're seeing a lot of things reaching a culmination point. And every time we disrupt their plans, every time we out one of their plans, it, it drives them to shift and adjust and to do something else. And every time that happens, the world beneath their feet gets weaker and weaker and weaker. I think that's why the Epstein stuff's coming back around. I think that's why Bill Gates is getting so much scrutiny. I think that's why there's so much traction around um, pushing for an investigation of not just the the pharmaceuticals, but the the medical industry as a whole, based on what's going on with uh, people being sick. And look, I know five or six people right now that are sick. It, it's literally going around. So fuck ammo registration. Fuck that. That's bullshit that uh, California put in place where you have to go buy ammo and, and do fill out a form. Yeah, they're going to try that. Look, let me tell you how it's going to go with the firearms because, and then I'll answer the spy thing. This, there's a lot of bullshit that's out there right now around spy satellites, technology, and artificial intelligence. I'm not paying attention to any of that because most of it's garbage. But let me tell you how this works. So the ATF came down and said, if you have a pistol brace, you need to register your rifle as a short-barreled rifle, or you're in violation of, you're, you're committing a felony. And 40 million Americans said, go fuck yourself. And that's exactly what New York's going to do. They're going to go out of state. They're going to buy their ammo out of state. And they're going to look at the state of New York and that crazy bitch that's in your governor's office and say, go fuck yourself. So uh, good luck with that. There's one thing that I do know, and that's Americans aren't going to be disarmed. They could try, but they can bring it too. And look, everybody's saying the same thing. Let's just get on with it already. What I, I think is is way better option right now versus let's get on with the hostilities, especially in the dead of winter, is that we disrupt their operations to the point where they lose control or we have mass noncompliance across the entire country. We already saw that with the COVID narrative. I mean, I had people in the medical industry, because I work in the medical industry, say, literally, doctors say, there's no fucking way that I'm going to wear any mask. I'm not doing that again. I do that enough during the day when I have to, but I'm not doing that all day again. And I'm definitely not stupid enough to wear a double mask. Most of them laugh about that anyway, especially the doctors. It cracks me up. But the public's done with it. And if we disrupt their operations to where they lose control, 
then we have the initiative. And that's what we want. We want this to be, man, why would they? Why would Turbo, why would anybody register your weapon to Pritzker? First of all, the Pritzker family are responsible for this whole trans agenda. And when those people hang for 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 crimes against humanity, then nobody's going to care about registering their weapons. Plus, the law enforcement's not going to go along with that crap anyway. So good luck with that. But um, if we drive the elite's operations to where they can't control the situation anymore, that's good for us. And look, there's going to be a fight anyway with all these military-age males. And I, I read tonight, um, Colonel Conrad sent me something that he got that basically said Border Patrol is moving back from the border around um, Tucson, and they are allowing people to just flow across the the border. And, you know, the other thing is uh, that number that they're throwing out of 12 to 15 million people coming across, that's more like 30 or 40 million people who come across the border. And it's, they're flying in, they're busting them in, they're moving them in by all means. So that what you're seeing is the number that DHS is engaged. And if DHS is pulling back from the border, it means they're not engaging people. So that, that whole, that whole situation is, is a nut roll. And it's, it's going to be, we're going to have to deal with it at some point. And I'm hoping that uh, enough people figure it out, but Suffice it to say that people aren't going to be disarmed now. That that ship sailed um, when the the ATF tried to ban the the pistol braces, and they're not getting it back either. And you know, and I'm in the gun business, so I hear this all the time. And every time I hear it, I hear the same thing: they're not disarming us. So it's true the cartels are doing kinetic and they're doing a lot of other activities on the border. I don't know the extent of it, but I know that um, several several homeowners have been arrested for shooting back at the cartels and it just depends on where you're at. Um, I know in uh, in um, Sheriff Lambs County, he's running for Senate, so he's already been I don't want to say he's been co-opted, but, you know, he was talking about investigating the situation that happened in the 2022, um, the 2022 primaries. He never did anything with it. And then all of a sudden he's running for Senate. You can do the math there. So I'm assuming that the cartels are still kinetically active in those areas and that we're going to have to, we're going to have to repatriate them once this is all over. But I, I think two things are going to happen especially when you talk about the border. I think number one, the cartels are going to ramp up and it, especially in Texas, when they ramp up in Texas, the, the Texas is already forming their own, their own Texas militia. And everything in Arizona right now is about Mesa gateway. That's, that's literally what everything's about right now. Katie Hobbs, was put in place so they could traffic children and drugs through Mesa Gateway, and she's stalling while Adrian Fontes and Chris Mays are institutionalizing the cheating for the for the election. Look, we're not getting to the 24 election. I don't give a shit what anybody says, because the closer we get to the election, the more they need control of the narrative and of the public 
the public square in order to pull that off. The FCC just handed over the ability for the government to take over and start to deplatform. They're going to start doing that probably in January with all these different platforms. That's going to piss off a bunch of people and they're going to move to a different, they're going to move to different platforms. And it's just going to be whack-a-mole for the federal government. And they, every time they deplatform somebody, every time they take a platform off, the mainstream media, who nobody believes and respects anyway, is going to say that they were deplatformed because they were spreading disinformation. And that's just going to snowball out of control. And people will go to all kinds of different mediums. I mean, look at China. China has done their level best to try and shut down any information flow out of the country. And every single time that they try and lock things down, the message gets out. Their, their story gets broken up. Their narrative gets broken up because people are saying, this is what's really going on. And then narrative disrupted. Now, no. Abbott is a shill for the elite. He's a globalist prick. He's all about establishing what Michael Yan was talking about in the Michael Yan interview. Go back and listen to Michael Yan talking about this because he does a very good job talking about this. They're building, just like they're doing in Israel right now, they're clearing the way so they can build these, these trade routes because what they want to move to is geographic economic zones with city-states that are 15 minutes cities. They're still the machine is still going to keep plotting away to build all of these things. And they're going to keep doing this until the system collapses under their feet. And look, I don't know why I think this. I don't know why I don't see that working out for them, but every fiber in my being says they're not going to be successful. And that this country will come out stronger and better than it was before, but it'll come out with community level and we won't have a federal government that's strong at all. Our state governments will be taken back and all these shit bags that are sitting there right now are all gonna be dealt with. That's what I see on the other side of this. I don't see this massive global conflict. I see China descending into chaos. I see Europe descending into chaos. I see the Middle East descending into chaos. and this being a global revolution to get rid of the ruling class. That's how I see this plane. The middle managers and the ruling class go away and then we reestablish a, a society that doesn't have 5,000 choices in the, in the store. We don't have 50,000 choices for cars. We, we have less choices, but we, we build things to a standard and we move society forward. That's, that's how I see this playing out. I don't know who Dan Patrick is. So, um, by the way, you got to remember, I get 70,000 questions a day about things that I'm, I'm not tracking. So um, that's how I see this playing out. The other thing that, that uh, and I don't know if I mentioned this already because so many topics, but I've heard from a lot of probably 20 different people that the since August, people have had wicked, weird dreams like wicked weird dreams. And I've had some, uh, I, yes, thank you, quality over quantity, thank you. Um, I've had some weird, very, very vivid weird dreams. And one of them was so vivid that I woke up in the middle of the night and I looked around and I'm like, shit, I thought that was real. It was that vivid. And then 
before I left, two nights before I left and, and drove to Seattle, again, like a dumbass, I was asleep and my bathroom light flipped on, flipped off. I heard the switch and then it flipped on steady. And I got up and I walked into my bathroom, felt a really cold chill and looked around and went, I'm too tired for this shit. And then turned off light and went back to bed. But that has been a steady pattern for the last three and a half, four months. And the light coming on and off, like literally has happened probably three or four times now. So, and I'm not the only one, probably 20 or 30 people I've talked to. So, um, but I've had some vivid, weird dreams. And one of them, the one I mentioned was with aliens. I was on an alien ship talking to aliens. And it was literally so vivid that I could tell you their eye color. I could tell you what they look like. I could tell you all of the the mannerisms of all the other um, all the other aliens in the room it, or on the ship. It was it was really really weird. And I don't have shit. I don't do shit like that. I don't dream shit like that. But that should tell you that the public consciousness is shifting. And I know that's a bit ethereal for some of you, but I will tell you that in the desert. Um, there was nights where I couldn't sleep because I had such uh, vivid nightmares and or vivid, uh, vivid dreams and um, a bunch of uh, different dreams about the situation there. And I would get up in the middle of the night and go, you know, walk around the guard towers and hang out with the, the, the troops in the guard towers and, and walk the perimeter with uh, the folks that were doing patrols around the perimeter and just talk to them. And they all had the same thing. So there is something to it. That's part of the reason why I'm bringing it up is that you're seeing a shift and the, and the way it's been explained to me, again, this is way too ethereal for me is the public consciousness is rising. And as the public consciousness rises, it's a direct threat to the elites plans because they want us dumbed down. They don't want us to be conscious of what's going on, but most importantly, they don't want us to pay attention to our, to our gut instincts because your gut instinct will tell you that what you're seeing is wrong. And if you believe, if you trust your gut, that spirit trying to tell you the right thing to do. So yeah, I saw that. I saw the yacht story. He bought two yachts. One of them's like um, good for me. And then uh, my legacy or some, something like that. But look, you think that guy's actually going to spend any time on his yachts? Really? That guy's going to be a pink mist in about a month because the Ukrainian army is collapsing right now. I don't see how that guy's going to survive this. And if he does, I guarantee you somebody's going to pop him on the boat, throw him overboard, or pop him and throw him, you know, as he's diving in the water, pop him so he doesn't come back on the boat. Either way, that guy's not going to enjoy those boats. So nice nice try. But anyway, the, the point I'm trying to make with all of this is that the, the elite – have finally figured out that their plans are not going the way they want them to. So the, the, this begs the question, what are they going to do to up the ante? Because remember, they need fear and intimidation to be able to keep people in line. They've used fear, intimidation, and murder to keep all of these human trafficking victims silent 
and kept them from coming forward for years. But that apparatus is starting to dissolve under their feet. And at some point, they will lose control of that. And when the floodgates of the human trafficking piece of this, especially when somebody releases the list of high-profile names that visited the island, you're going to see something you've never seen before. And that is the entire public will rally against these people. I Say what you want about prostitution, about drug trafficking, when you start talking about the death and torture of little kids, I don't care who you are in this planet. I don't care how hard you are as a person. That that will not go over well. In fact, the most endangered species in prison right now are the child molesters. Those guys get beat senseless all the time. Because even in the criminal communities, child molesters are not tolerated. So imagine what the public's going to do when they figure out that some of the senior people in politics, in the state apparatus, and the city apparatus are all pedophiles. That is not going to go well for them. And when it doesn't, batten down the hatches, folks, because you're going to see, you'll see the public unite in a way you never have before. And I think that's going to happen right around the time that everything falls apart. And I, and I don't think we're too far away from that right now, to be perfectly honest. I think we've got, we've got a lot of things on the horizon. And, and I think they're going to, look, they're going to keep, they're going to keep pressing to, to turn this situation around. They have to, because they can't, they can't not, and they can't stop. So they have to double down. And when this, when the wheels come off of this thing, and the wheels will come off of this thing, it's going to go in a direction that they they probably didn't think it was going to go in. And I I was asked this over the weekend, so I'll answer this question too. Um, I was asked the question around what should I be doing right now, and you know I've had several folks email me and say let's get on with it. I've had people say, you know, how do you think this is going to start? Don't worry about any of that. Worry about building um, connections in your in your community. And my oldest cracks me up because no one in the neighborhood does not know who they are, where they live, and they have taken food to everyone in the neighborhood, all their neighbors. In fact, they, they've, they've cooked for all the neighbors. Uh, one of the neighbors was sick, so they took over took over soup to them. They have they have probably, and, and right next door, they have a, a, a Samoan gang uh, leader right next door. And literally, they said, uh, they told him that um, there was kids knocking on their window in the middle of the night. And he said, when did that happen? And they said, a couple nights ago. And he said, let me see that you have the video. And they showed him the video and it stopped the next day. And he was like, that's done. That's not going to happen again. And that that's the level of community that you want. You want that group of people around you because no matter what you think, the one thing that that instinctively happens, especially when you're in a, an environment where you have 
a lot of different races mixed up is they all come together. When things get tough, they come together. You're going to have criminal elements. You're going to have gangs. You, you can't, you, they, you can't get away from that, but you're also going to have communities that band together and work together and all of those those racial things that they've been trying to push the race war is not going to wash off and, and i'm seeing that right now across seattle because even the liberals are tired of the crime the the communities are banding together. even the and this was the funny thing this simone guy said um he came over um Wednesday or Tuesday or Wednesday, I was outside getting in my truck and he came over and introduced himself and said, I heard you're a, heard you're a gun guy. And uh, I said, yeah. And he said, can you answer some, can I ask you a question? So he asked me a question about a pistol and um, I told him what to do with it. And, uh, and he said, before he, before I got in the car, he goes, don't worry, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of them. We all, everybody in the neighborhood likes them. We'll take care of them. And I went, appreciate that. And that that tells me a lot about where people are at. And what we want is we want people to realize we're all in this together. And the real enemy is not our neighbors. And you'll see that with some of these some of these illegals that come across the border, because all of a lot of them are coming here because they're they're getting paid to come here, but they're also coming here for opportunity. And that opportunity may or may not exist when when they want it to. But this is not the first time in our history where we've had mass migration to the U.S. I mean, where the hell do you think Ellis Island came from? This is not the first time that's happened. This is the first time in our lifetime that that's happened. But like every other time, we'll weather that storm and we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But I don't think, you know, and, and I saw this with the U.N., in several several missions I did, where a lot of military-age males join the UN to go do peacekeeping ops because they make money. But when they go to an area where they can have a better lifestyle, a lot of them just go, they go local and they go native. And we'll see that as well. So I'm not as, I'm not as scared of the immigration situation right now. At some point, we'll have to deal with that. But the things that we should be dealing with right now. And this is this is part of the reason why I've refocused the channel to preparedness is to get people ready for what's coming. And that that has to be a priority. Just like building a community around you has to be a, a priority. So um and uh you know the the last piece is that I'm gonna do another interview with Michael Yawn this week. Um, he and I have been trading messages all pretty much all week. Um, you know, I've traded some barbs with Tom, Tom Luongo um, on on Twitter. Um, it's funny. He likes a lot of my comments. Um, <coughs> but I haven't. Um, I haven't had a chance to have him back. Um, I'll reach out. I, I was going to reach out to him this week to see if I can get him on in a, in a week or so. I want to get him on before Christmas. I want to get Alex Grainer on before Christmas too. Um, and and those guys are, they're doing yeoman's work following the situation with uh, the, the EU, which is talking about rolling out central bank digital currencies right now. And look, they may roll out a digital currency, a digital dollar. Don't get wrapped up in that because look, there's going to be millions of Americans who won't sign up for that. I don't care what anybody says. They won't sign up for that. 
So, and they've already implemented digital things all over the US and you probably don't even realize like digital tickets on your phone, you know, Apple passports, Google passports, all your boarding passes now. The thing I haven't gone to is a digital driver's license, which I won't go to. So, um, but Tom Luongo just did a, uh, I want to say it was episode 155 or 156 where he talks about new cars. You should listen to that that uh, podcast. It's actually very, very good. And I'll get him on and ask him the question. He talks about the cafe rules and the automaker restrictions, regulations that's being um, pushed by the, the uh, agencies and how it's killing the car manufacturers. So it's a, it's an interesting, interesting podcast and it gave me food for thought. So listen to that one too. Um, last but not least, I'll be doing another round table on Wednesday uh, with Colonel Conrad. Um, I don't know if uh, Bracken will be there for this one. I think it's just going to be Troop and uh, Colonel Conrad and I. So um, Colonel Piper has been um, slammed at work. Doubt we'll get him back for, for several weeks. But um, we'll do the roundtable on Wednesday and, and talk through some of these some of these topics related to the situation in Israel and the situation that's uh, developing in, uh, in Europe as well. So and I don't know when this is going to implode. Um, I think that uh, it'll probably happen somewhere after the first of the year by March, at least. Um, you know, a lot of things I thought were going to happen based on the things I was seeing haven't happened, which is, is good, to be perfectly honest. I don't mind being wrong about it. Um, I thought that the the initial buildup of all these these forces inside of our country, they were going to do something kinetic during the summer and, and, and cut a lot of the power and a lot of critical infrastructure, but they didn't do that. And I thought that the uh, supply chain was going to was going to um, show signs of stress, but there's been like four more trade environments just in the last two weeks, and things are still flowing, and the trucking industry is still flowing. So, so far so good, but I think the the bellwether is going to be the banks. If you if you want if you want my um, honest opinion, I think the banks are going to be the first thing to to show the signs. They already are showing signs of stress, and I think that's that they control that situation so they're not going to lose control of that situation what i think they're going to lose control of is the communication side of the house and the disclosure piece i think that's where they're going to lose control but i think the banks logistics everything else i think all of this is going to start to collapse all around the same time i these all of these things can't continue the way they are forever that's just that's just it's physics Right when a star is burning out, eventually it's going to blow up, and I don't see us getting past March or April before I see some kind of civil unrest. And it's already brewing, but it's not brewing over racial lines. It's brewing over the crime spiking crime rate. It's brewing over the um, <clears throat> continued and sustained inflation that they're trying to gaslight everybody on. I mean, if have you? Have you gone to the store to buy just a gallon of milk? Jesus, it's ridiculous how expensive it is. Last night I paid $6.85 for a gallon of gas. It was ridiculous. And, you know, that's just, 
the average I paid both to and from was around 450 to 470 a gallon. I mean, Washington, of course, was the worst because they have a gas tax. They have a tax for just about everything. So by the time I got up there, it was it was stupid expensive for gas. But um, even across Nevada, the gas prices were different uh, all across Nevada. So it was a it was a variety of um, just a variety of different. God, you name it, from Shell to um, Loves depends. You know, it didn't matter which gas gas outlet it was. It was um, crazy expensive, and uh, <laughs> I was amazed at how many SUVs I saw. So many SUVs driving, so many. It was it was crazy, but we'll we'll see signs of stress in in the fuel markets and in the you'll see in the grocery stores you're already seeing it. I don't, if you've been to the grocery store, you'll one thing you've seen is you've seen the stretching product across the shelves to make it look like the shelves are full, but they're not. You know they're not replacing a lot of stock. They're just doubling down. Like I've seen um, in the stores here, what they're doing now is they have these, these. Uh, they used to have the aisles really close together. They're stretching the aisles out. And what they'll do is in the middle of the night, they'll take a, an aisle out and they'll restock another aisle, relabel it, rehang the signs and widen the aisles. And it was, it was, if you think back to COVID, the aisles were wide enough for two carts to go in either direction. And now there's, they're wide enough to go two carts plus one in the middle. And that was the thing I noticed today when I was, when I was at the store was that the dials were wider and that <laughs> the, the same things that they've had on sale are still sitting in the, in the, uh, the displays. So you'll see that in the stores right around the same time you start seeing the banks. But I know that the bank of America and Wells Fargo are closing a hundred branches within the next two weeks. So that's, that shows signs of the banking industry showing stress. And that's only going to get worse. I don't see this going past June. I don't see this going into six months. There's just too many, too many things that are, are falling apart that they can't resuscitate and they can't lie, cheat, and steal, for lack of a better word, to keep it going. So, but I wouldn't get, I wouldn't get wrapped up with that. Just get prepared, get, um, Keep working on your sphere of influence in your line of sight, and and things will, things will, they'll fall in the right place, because it's going to go down to community anyway. So, I'm not, believe it or not, I'm not worried about any of that. And trust me, I I owe the IRS a mountain of money for last year that I haven't paid, and and I'm not worried about it. I figure, and come take all my shit. I don't give a shit. I'll survive this. And you should have that attitude too. Don't be scared. Just be ready. That's all I can say. I don't see any of the questions, folks. Appreciate everybody sticking around for tonight. Appreciate the patience of last week. My apologies for being MIA. And we'll be back Wednesday. And this should be a, a pretty good live feed on Wednesday. So, like I said, don't be scared. Just focus on doing, focus on being prepared. And the rest will fall in place. God bless everyone. One team, one fight.